0: You're listening to the God Stories Radio podcast with Fritz, Mike, and Tina, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio.
1: edition of god stories radio this is session 232 i'm fritz i'm mike and i'm
0: tina
1: what's going on guys it's thursday night it's thursday right here pre-hurricane or yeah, twister really. or whatever it's it is right. it, yeah. it's going to happen tonight i don't know <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's news to me there's yeah a- there's
1: a big storm coming yeah no big storm a coming yeah it's supposed to turn uh
2: cold no yeah, yeah it is i know you dread that yeah but the winds have been high all day and they're going to continue. You might see cows flying. <laughs> Stranger things have happened, Mikey. Uh, wow. How's your week been, Mike? Great. Absolutely great. Just walking the walk or trying to, anyway. Uh, that's fantastic. Good and to hear. Looking for doors to open and still. I'm still looking.
1: All right. <laughs> well, there you go.
2: Mikey's looking.
1: how about you what's going on over there just rolling in from the mouse
0: you know how it goes i do it's uh never a dull moment it's from one thing to the next so been
1: there done that bought the t-shirt yep i have well that's good and what about you yeah my my week's been been very well as a matter of fact i am uh, very privileged to have my daughter katherine in the studio with us tonight from uh, Portland, Oregon. Woo hoo! Yeah,
2: yeah. I promised
1: I would not make her get on the mic, so she's gonna <laughs> sit in the back. Sit in the back, and I'm just just so thankful that she's here, and it's it's good to visit. And I don't get to see her as much as I'd like, but yeah. uh, so happy she's here.
0: Wonderful. Yeah.
1: Well.
0: well We have those Facebook likes. Oh,
1: that's right. No, that's right. I don't have to queue up the crickets this week. I know.
0: So we want to say thank you to Christy Hepburn. Christy, thank you so much. Christy, thank you so much. You You remember Christy, I do. Yes, I do. Awesome. And then we also want to say thank you to Kayla Johansson. Kayla, thank you.
1: Welcome to the GSR family. Yes.
0: And also for the third Facebook like, Paul Gagnon.
1: Paul, thank you.
2: Yes, thank you for liking us on Facebook. Yeah, we appreciate that. I do. I
1: especially appreciate that.
2: Welcome to the
0: GSR family.
2: Absolutely. And anybody else out there, if you have not done so, so we won't have crickets next week, please like us on Facebook.
0: And don't be afraid to tell other people about us, too. We love getting new listeners and new Mm -hmm. likes.
1: Yep. This is a free resource and take advantage of it. And, you know, our only agenda has been from the very beginning to bring hope and encouragement.
0: Yep. Share the love, guys. Through the power of
1: that Christian testimony. Absolutely. Yep. And we got a testimony tonight. Yes, we do. Aha. Well, without further ado, Mike, we have...
2: We have a business business associate. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Affirm Consulting is a hands-on business consulting firm serving others nationwide. We provide specialized consulting service in the area of need a better light, strategic planning, business operations, organizational development, and business coaching to the companies of all sizes. A firm Consulting is built on their faith, integrity, and passion to help others. We are dedicated to providing you or, and your team with the resources, expertise, and coaching you need to be successful. They are not your typical business consulting firm their rates are affordable, their plans are achievable, and they require no long-term contracts. Affirm consulting delivers results, not reports. Their team of experts will take you beyond what you need to do to grow your business, to show you and your team how. And that's Affirm Consulting. Yes, thank you partner.
1: Dennis Huff and his team down at Affirm Consulting. We Appreciate you being our, our very first corporate sponsor. Hmm. We appreciate that. We do. Thank you so much. Every little bit helps. Thank you, Jesus. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, good job, Mikey. Uh,
2: who else we got tonight? We have a guest <laughs> and we have someone here to back him up. Yeah, we do. We got Uncle Ray in the house. Yes, sir. Hey, hey. This How's is it going? like his umpteenth time here, but uh, we love him here. Ah, oh, man. He's, he's uh,
1: already ushered in as a uh, co host. You <laughs> uh, he's family.
0: He uh, is definitely <laughs>
1: the official. I'm not Tina. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh-huh. told him he could actually
2: say his name next time. He's earned. He's earned that right. Oh yeah, yeah really. for sure, <laughs>
0: and then some. <laughs>
2: well, he's a, he's a good friend of our guest, and our guest, his uh, wife was uh, possibly going to be here, and uh, something came up that she couldn't make it. So I was uh, standing right next to uh, Ray on Monday night when uh, Ray actually told Ken. That, um, he would go and back him up if he needs it, so our guest tonight is Ken. Good evening. Wow, what a voice.
0: <laughs> that's a voice for radio for sure.
1: that's intimidating. No wonder bad guys run, <laughs> <laughs> Ken, welcome to the show, buddy. We are so thankful that uh that you said yes. I know a little bit about your story and knowing you from for how long that I have, I'm reeling,
3: I can't wait, buddy. Take it away. I'm uh this is a, this is not an easy, this is not an easy thing for me to do because it's, I mean, it's not, it didn't just happen, but every time I think about it or try to talk about it, I feel like it just happened. So, uh, I have two boys and one is 27, the other is 20. And growing up, I was uh, always tried to, I grew up poor. And so I tried to, when my kids were coming up, I tried to do a lot for them. And it was more, I think I fell into the routine where I was doing, I was doing things and thinking, well, you know, I'm doing for them things that I did not have or buying them things i didn't have when i was a kid i'm providing things for them that i didn't have when i was little and i think somewhere along the way looking back on it now that i kind of i kind of substituted doing things for actually loving them
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
3: and the older they got because you know you worry i worried about them because of my profession i see a lot of bad things and i was trying to and this is all hindsight, but I was trying to control every aspect of what went on in their lives, like who was in their life, Mm -hmm. what they were doing. And I think I got more concerned with kind of steering the course of their life and kind of forgot to just hope that they were happy. I kind of put that on the back burner and wanted to make sure everything was okay. And uh, last year
2: it really wasn't that long ago. Not really.
3: No, it was uh, November 8th of last year. So, yeah, it wasn't that long ago.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. So, my uh, youngest boy was, uh, he told me, Dad, I'm going to go out. I'm just going to go for a run. Mm -hmm. And he left the house. And uh, I was standing in the driveway when he started. And he did a lap. And he came back around. And after the first lap, I saw him there and I was like, Hey, you know, just keep a steady pace and don't exert yourself too much. And I walked in the house and you ever had that, that nudge from God, like something's not right. I don't know if it's a dad instinct or, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or God thing telling you, Hey, something's wrong. But I was in the house and he looked fine after the first lap. And I got that that nudge that, Hey, something's not right. And so I told my wife, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go check on Donovan just to make sure. And I walked out into the driveway and it's just, I can't describe it or tell you what it was like. It's just this feeling that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I live on a hill. So I ran down to the bottom of the hill because I live in a circle and I ran to the bottom of the hill to ch- see where he was at. And I didn't see him there. And I'm running, uh, I was going back up the hill. And this lady comes driving down the hill in a pickup truck. And she stopped when she saw me running. And she said, uh, there's a young man laying in the grass on the side of the road at the top of that hill. And so I got in the back of the truck and she drove me to the top of it. And when we turned the corner, I was in the back and I saw him, he was on his back in the grass. His legs were like out to the side with a knee bent and his arms were just laying out by his side and he wasn't moving. And I can remember, I remember jumping. I don't remember jumping out of the truck, but I did because I landed in the grass and I was running to him. And I'm, I remember thinking to myself, how am I going to get through this? You know, he's, he's dead. I thought he was gone. He wasn't moving. I didn't see his chest rising and falling, nothing. And so I reached him. And he turned over and he was like gasping for air and he was breathing really really fast and i'm i'm trained to deal with those situations Mm -hmm. but when it's your son it's a completely different animal
1: yeah i could only imagine
3: so inside i feel like i'm i feel like i'm screaming but outside, I didn't want him to panic because I still didn't know what was wrong with him. Mm-hmm. And I was scared that if I got excited, that he would get excited and may not make it because it was already bad. And so I stayed, I tried to stay calm and I was rubbing his head and we, I had somebody call 911. I think it was a neighbor <laughs> somebody that was there. The fire department got there. And they take him to the hospital and the doctors, you know, they took him into the room and we, me and my wife tried to stay out of their way until we knew that he was okay. And they had him in the room and they finally got him stabilized. And uh, then we found out that, uh, you know, the cause of that was drugs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that the thing I remember most about when I was told that is I think at some point there was a point in time in my life where if somebody would have said that to me, I I would have been angry, Mm -hmm. but I was so grateful that he was still alive that i don't remember ever getting mad i was just happy mm. that he wasn't gone and then uh you know we We uh, we brought him, he, he got out of the hospital and they said he did. He did some damage to his heart because I think he took whatever he took had three different substances in it. And the doctor told him that he was lucky he even lived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so And I forgot to say this, and I'd like to because I need to mention these people. I've always been the kind of guy. Really, I've been a loner. I kind of do things by myself. I don't really. Before. Mm. And it was. I've had friends tell me, you know, you're a very hard person to get close to. And really, most of my life, I was like, you know, I kind of got this. I don't really need friends to. Like, I don't need a crutch or I don't need you to hold me up. I'm good. And. I started a Bible study at my house a few years before this happened, probably Mm -hmm. three or four years before. And when this when I found him on the side of the road and we're driving in the car, I don't remember if I did it after we got to the hospital or my wife did it on the way to the hospital but we texted one of the people in the Bible study and told him, you know, Donovan's in trouble. We don't know if he's going to make it. We're going to South Lake hospital. And that was it. No more text, or I didn't pay attention to him because mm-hmm. I was tr- worried about him. And I don't think my wife did either. I don't know if we left the phones in the car. I don't know what we did with them or if we were just ignoring everything. But we were back there in the, er he's still being treated and we at that point we don't know whether it's live or whether it's die Mm -hmm. and uh and we still didn't know it was drugs that had caused all this and i was back in the in the er with my son and i told my wife i'm like hey if you're okay i need to go outside and get some air Mm because i was I don't know, I just needed to get away from there for a minute and take a second to breathe. And when I walked out into the lobby, this is hard to. It was. 1130. Something like that. hmm. And I walked out to go outside. And every single one of those people in that Bible study mm-hmm. were in that lobby, every one of them. And that was it for me. Like I and all that stuff that I held in when I saw them, it, it was over. It all came out. And, uh, you know, they. I don't know what I would have done had they not been in that lobby, you know, cause I was, that was a lot to carry. I felt right. destroyed, gutted. And, uh, and I, I passed this message on it camp to those other guys. Mm-hmm. And I, anyone listening to this, if you haven't done it, you don't have a, and look, it don't have to be a Bible study. It can be people that you go to church with. It can be just regular friends that. You just enjoy their company, but you have to establish some kind of support system around you, because if you always rely on yourself, Mm -hmm. when you hit something that's tougher than you, you're not going to get through it. Nope. And this was tougher than I was. This was bad, bad. Right.
2: And I've heard some of your stories from your profession and you see some pretty (laughs) ugly stuff.
3: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny. I've, I've always been able to kind of, I mean, some of it bothers me, but not like, like this bothered yeah. me, like that stuff bothers me where you go home, you're kind of upset about it. You think about it a little bit, but I felt how it destroyed me. Like I was completely, I, when I thought he was gone, That was, but you know, it's, and people ask me now, they're like, uh, how long you been a Christian? And every time I get asked now, I tell them I, I've been a Christian since November 8th (laughs) of 2019.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Because that's when I really realized who he is and who I am. Mm. And, uh, you know i'm i used to say oh i'm grateful to god for the things that i have but until this happened to me i'm not sure i really understood hmm. what that meant but him giving like he could have taken him right that could have been the end of it mm-hmm. and that the people that are listening to this out there that have lost children or their children you know, are, are going through something, particularly the ones who have lost children. I, you know, if somebody, people used to tell me that and I would go, you know, I'm so sorry. Cause you really don't know what else to say. You can't say Mm -hmm. to somebody that's lost a child. I know how you feel, especially if you, if you haven't been through that and I still haven't been through it, but that that 30 seconds where I thought that he was gone. I cannot imagine having to walk around with that every day, all day long. You know, that, I don't know how. And now, but see, now I, I can say that if they tell me I've lost a child and it, it happened at boot camp. Right. Me and uh, and I don't want to say his name no. if he comes in here, but I have a friend, and I didn't know that his son had passed away.
2: A little bit before yours, yeah. Your incident,
3: just a uh, just a few months,
2: right? The same and, situation
3: um, too. Same yeah. thing, and I didn't know that. But then, when he, when I found out about that, you know, I don't, there was a connection there because that feeling that I had for 30 seconds, like, I still know what that felt like.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you'll never forget it. And
3: now because now I know what he feels like all the time. And so that bond that you form over just that, you know, and then we talked and the same things that I was doing, trying to get some control over what my son was doing. He was doing those things. know he was trying to distract him give him other things to do get a handle on it and none of it worked and it didn't work for me either the only difference in our outcomes is is that my son made it and his didn't Hmm. and that that support system you know you gotta if you don't have it you have to do it i mean even if you think you know, I don't really need friends mm-hmm. and you may not, you may be like me, you know, I went, <laughs> I went 40, 49, 50 years and was kind of like, Hey, I got this. Even after I was a Christian. And then when this, when this happened to me, had I not had them there,
2: you know,
3: you know, I don't know. I don't know what happens.
2: And I heard about the story, the reason why you built that, uh- Oh boy,
3: <laughs> that group. Okay. Well, um, you, you said you said you were a closed guy. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll confess. I had a, uh, I had a guy, come to my house to do a background investigation for my work, and uh, I gave him two addresses, and he went to both of them, stood on the front porch, looked at every house that he could see from my front porch, he went to every one of my neighbors and. He said he asked every one of them and none of them could tell him even my name so i was a bit closed off so i went home and told my wife i'm like because one of the questions on my background check was who's been to your home in a social setting and so i had to sit probably 30 minutes question my wife and make phone calls to people that I knew saying, hey, have you ever been over to my house for a social <laughs> setting? And I found one guy that I went to church with that had been to my house one time to have dinner. So that counted. It counted. So that's what I did. And after that background check, I told my wife, I'm like, uh, I think I have, to, uh, I have to not do that again. And, uh, and so I started a Bible study so that the next time i put a had to answer the question of hey who's been to your house in a social setting i could Uh say hey i've got 12 13 people that's right
2: but little did you know that was a setup from god that you were going to need them on november
3: 8th you know that's a true statement yes it is
0: and two lives were saved that night because even though you believed in Christ and you loved him and had a relationship. You weren't like sold out for him. No. And there's a difference now. Oh
3: yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, that was a very humbling experience. Really, really humbling. Cause you, you know, you kind of type a, You know, you think you got everything under control. You think you're good to go. And then you run into this. And I mean, that's, it was the, somebody asked me and I told them that November 8th was the worst experience of my entire life. Nothing was worse than that. And I think I got a lot out of it after it was over. Oh, you did, you know, because you
2: became a real Christian. then, like yeah. I said.
3: And you know, I'll tell you what else it did. And this is, if you're listening out there and you have children that are struggling, that are going the way that you wouldn't go, that are doing things that you don't agree with, you have to remember, I mean, it's, it's important to be their parent and it's important to try to steer them in the right direction, but it's also important to let them know that you love them. And pray for your kids. Mm. Amen. I mean, you have to do that. That's Even it. when you feel discouraged, you have to do it.
0: I think there's very, very little that's in our control. That control is just perceived.
3: Absolutely. Yep.
0: And <clears throat> prayer is a way to help change things. And prayer works. I mean, you you put God to it. You pray about something earnestly. You know, with nothing but like pure, uh, in pure incentive, you know. And um, he's gonna he's gonna answer those prayers, those prayers that are not selfish, or born out of selfish desires. He's gonna hear you, and it may not be immediate. But they'll be answered. It may not be that. the may yeah. not be the answer we want to hear either.
3: Cool. Yeah. yeah, You definitely may not get the answer or the answer you think. Typically, you're it goes out. that way.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, we tend to, you know, I may type also just like him. So we tend to think we know what the answer should be. You know, I'm going to pray for this. This is what it should be. This is how it's going to happen. And when God has His plans. And he does what's actually best for us. We don't like it so much. No. Hindsight, we can see where it's, what's been, what's best for us. But we may not like it right at, you know, right at the get.
0: Yeah, it's always uncomfortable. It feels like.
2: Well, you got you to gotta hope and pray that as you are raising them, you did the best you could. And again, just put them in God's hands and continue to pray and hopefully they listened and of course they're going to take a step on the wrong side I'm sure but hopefully not that far and just continue to pray
3: you know I have a uh I have a book it's like a it's not really a journal because I would never tell another man <laughs> that I actually had a journal I do <laughs> so I just call it a book diary <laughs> diary of Ken, and uh <laughs> Every once in a while, I do a lot of reading and November 8th, around that time, I think Sunday, if I want to distract myself, I have a lot of books. I try to read two a week. And so I was reading and I came across this and I wrote it down. And some things I highlighted this one because I read it. I think it was a day or two after this had happened to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it says, I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might humbly learn to obey. Mm. I asked for help that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. Mm -hmm. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was Mm -hmm. given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing I asked for. But everything I hoped for, Mm -hmm. almost in spite of myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. Amen. I think that was one or two days after he almost died.
0: It's very eloquently written.
2: Mm-hmm. I've seen it a couple of times come up here and there. It was, I think that was probably in, uh, I don't know, one of the books I read too, us is a book, maybe.
1: Yeah. If it was going to be anywhere, it'd be in that book. Mm-hmm. That's for sure.
0: How's your son doing now?
3: He is a, plumber's assistant. Mm-hmm. I see him every other week. I text him every day. I send him scripture. He's uh, he's recovered. He's no longer on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. He's uh, working and doing really well. He comes to uh, he comes to church with me every other week or so. My wife talks to him every morning. You know, he's He was always a really good boy. And then he got mixed up with this crowd and kind of took the wrong path for a Mm -hmm. while. But, you know, the Bible says, teach your children in the way they should go, and they will not soon depart from it. Mm -hmm. And they may stray off the path. And look, this is for you guys out there, too, that are listening to this, that are going through this with your kids. They may step off that road. But if you've driven that route deep enough at some point, they will walk on that road again. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. You know, he came, he knows God, he knows of him. He has a relationship with him. He knows him. Mm -hmm. And, uh,
1: dad was there to give him a robe and a ring.
3: Yeah. And you know, I thought about that story because remember when I told you that they told me that he had three different drugs in his system.
2: Yeah. I'll bet you one of them was fentanyl.
3: Yeah. It was fentanyl. Uh, I think it was fentanyl, cocaine and marijuana. Wow. But even after when they said that to me and I thought I would be angry and I would have been before. But I was just grateful. I was just happy he was around, and, you mm-hmm. know, it yeah. made me realize that some of the things that we worry about don't really mean much. You know, they almost nothing. You know, the things that we let divide us and get between uh, even family members or friends or they're petty. You know, and when, especially when you face, like when I, when I almost lost him, I realized, you know, none of these things I've been trying to, none of the things that were important to me were important. You know, what really matters is that I have him around and that I get to see him every day and mm-hmm. I love him. And those are the things that are important. I mean, sure, is it important that he can, You know, be self-sufficient, live on his own, be a productive member of society. Absolutely. But you can't make those things such a priority that you forget about loving your children and make wanting them to be happy. You know, and I think, like I said, I think I forgot that, especially right up until the point where this happened.
0: So did did this change your relationship with your other son as well?
3: Yes. You know, and my other boy, I kind of did the same thing to him. Mm-hmm. And that was even, it was probably, I was probably harder on him than I was my youngest. And, uh, now I'm just, I'm less worried about, you know, how much, how much money you're making. Cause that's how I was raised. You know, your your measuring stick as a man mm-hmm.
1: was status. What's
3: your yearly income. Yep. And it's hard to shake that when that's, you know, and it's look, it's no hit against my father my father was raised the same way. And when you got those generational things that you just been handed down, it's kind of just how you do it. Because my dad's a great father, you know, and uh, he he was raised that way. I mean, his dad was not a pleasant person. And he was a pleasant person. He just raised me and that's what that's what it was. And so that's kind of what I handed off to my children. And then now with my oldest boy, I think I'm less worried about, you know, what he does and what he has and what he owns. And I'm more worried about, you know, his salvation. And his I'm walk. more worried about, hey, am I showing him with my actions and not just the things that I like? I, Not the things I buy him. Am I showing him with what I do that I love him, that I care about him, that he's valued even when he's messing up? even when he does things I don't agree with, you know, it's important because it's easy to, it's easy to let your expectations and opinions kind of box your kids in. And I did that, you know, I, I wanted them to kind of do what I wanted them to do Mm -hmm. and be who I wanted them to be. And I didn't really give them much room to be who they wanted to be, or even be happy. Mm -hmm. But I don't do that now. I mean, me and my oldest son, our families. You know, I talk to him every day. I send him scripture every day. I call him. I help him where I can. And I worry less about, you know, I try not to criticize him so much like, Hey, you need to do this and you need to do that. I'm just happy when he's around. And I just enjoy being with him. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, the Lord turns everything for good. And I, I can't help but think that he allowed you to experience loss without experiencing the loss. Mm. But it changed your life.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. But I, and that does, you know, it didn't just happen with my children. I look at my, the people that I have in my life now, you, Fritz, Ray, even the people that I run into, you know, casually during the day, I just try to be a more, a better reflection of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And I really, I think about that now. Like, is it really important that, you know, that I disagree with this person? Is it important enough that I, that I want to, sh- I want to argue with them or mold them into what I want them to be rather than just a, hey, I love you. I like you. You're my friend. It doesn't matter, you know, the differences between us because those things are, like I said, they're unimportant. <clears throat>
1: You know, we tend to make things in our own image, yeah. not the image of the father.
2: Right.
3: Yeah. You wow. know, you, you know, you did that with God. If he doesn't like everybody you don't like. Mm. Yeah, my dad told me that.
2: Wow. Mm.
1: I know you made a statement and it was years ago when we had you on the program early on, Ken. And I'll never, ever forget it. When you turned and you looked at me and you said, i walked my son up to the gates of hell and i Mm -hmm. dropped him off i remember that or it was a staircase or something yeah he's something that he said Mm -hmm. and i'll never ever forget that Mm -hmm.
3: i did you know my oldest son because i was not i wasn't i wasn't a bad guy like i wasn't out committing crimes or doing any of that but i was you know when i look back on that person it's almost like I'm watching a movie about somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it feels. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, how oh, was I, can... I why was I
0: doing that? That's yep. what a changed life looks like. Amen to yeah. that.
3: Mm-hmm. And you know, when I said that to you, I was in Texas and my littlest one was really little. And my oldest boy was an early teen. And we were sitting on the couch. And this is after I was saved. And we were sitting on the couch one day and I was like, hey, son. You know, what do you think about God? And he's like, I don't believe in any of that stuff. And boy, when you hear that after you've been saved and you know what's at stake, Mm -hmm. and then that's kind of when you, you know, I realized I have walked my son literally to the gates of hell and dropped him off because now I'm good and he ain't. Mm -hmm. So now if I make it, he may not make it. And yep. That'll change your priorities too. Well, you got that right. It certainly does.
2: The and same kind of the same thing for myself, you know, when uh, God me, got me on this journey and he brought me back here to, uh, you know, I started in Tampa, then it went up to Massachusetts for a couple spots and then it came to Claremont. Um, my son lives in Claremont and I actually stayed with him for the first 18 months. And I started going, you know, I, I was going to church And I don't know, one day something came up and we were standing in the kitchen and he said something and I said something and it kept going and it kept going. And I started to press him. And he said, he says, you dragged me to church when I was a kid and I hated it. And then he said this, he says, I'm about that close from being an atheist. And that floored me. And all I have done to this point now is I've, tried to back off. So I don't raise that wall any higher and just continue to pray for him every day.
3: Mm hmm.
1: Yep. Sometimes you just got to know when to love them Mm hmm. Just love them.
3: And you know, really, if you if you can work that part of your relationship out, everything behind that will kind of fall into place. I mean, if you love others, well, you've won more than half the battle because mm-hmm. that's difficult, especially people oh, that you disagree with. Yep. There like you, when there your, you go. when your children ain't going the right way, mm-hmm. it's not easy as a man to sit back and go, I love you, son. You know, you want to smack them upside the head and mm-hmm. say, Hey, get it together.
0: It's not easy mm-hmm. as a woman either.
3: Right. <laughs> oh yeah. My
2: wife, boy. <laughs> but like you said, you know, the situation, you know, the end story. And, you know, when he said, I'm that close to being an atheist, your son said that I don't believe in any of that stuff.
3: Same. Wow. It floored me. Me too. Mm-hmm. It scared me because I was like, what had, What did I do here? Mm-hmm.
4: Wow. You know, we always say that somebody out there needs to hear the story. <laughs> I needed to hear this story. <laughs> I was just about to say the same thing. And I've heard the story before, but... The the communication afterwards about the love and your children and all that, I've said it before. I take pieces of all of this, and it gives me a new perception on raising my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, mine are still fifteen and thirteen, so it's kind of like a, I don't know, like a, a
0: precursor almost.
4: Yeah, or like a hockey check, like hey, watch what you're doing, pay attention, yeah, leave lead with love, you know. So yeah, it's it's I needed to hear it for sure. Not just people outside this booth, but Mm. I'm one of them inside the booth that needed to hear it. Right on to
0: that. I think the bottom line is parenting is super difficult. Yes. It just is. And it doesn't really come, I don't think, naturally to anybody.
4: No. There's no manual. There really
0: is. And each kid is so individualistic. So you Mm. cannot treat, you know, even children in the same household that were raised together brother and sister or you know mm-hmm. siblings um you can't treat them the same way they they have different blueprints all together
3: yeah.
0: and they yeah. respond to things differently so
3: well i can tell you that now my outlook on what is and what is not important to me has completely shifted like i'll i'm I'm interested in the not what they can do for me or even what I can do for them, like monetarily, mm-hmm. you know, those things have taken a backseat to do my children know that I love them Are my children going to end up in the same place. I do when this is over, those things are my priorities now. Mm-hmm. And just, I want them to be happy. I don't want them to be me. I don't even want them to want the things I want. I just want them to be happy.
1: Amen to that. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Ken,
2: thank you, brother. Yes, sir. That is not easy. No, it's not. I'm
0: so glad you shared your testimony. Uh, I I know it was difficult.
2: I know, but I'm sure uh, there's some out there that uh, needed to hear that. Amen. This is not only the first time. This is like the second or third time that things happened that we had to change it. And Father set this up for this day to happen.
1: Amen. Yep, yep, I believe that. I do too. Absolutely. Listen, if you've got a story, if God's tugging at your heart to tell your story, drop us a line at Tina at gmail.com or GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. But we'd love to have you give your testimony in the studio. We'd, Or if you can't, you can call in. We can do Skype. We can do phone Call in all different kinds of things. We've had people contact us on YouTube and Facebook and and the Gmail. There's so many ways to get in touch with us, and we would love to hear from you. We'd love to just hear from you if the story touches your life in some way. And we just thank you and appreciate all the people out there that support us and pray for us and love us and and uh, make the, the show possible. And uh, we're just glad to be chosen stewards of Absolutely. Of what God is doing and God Stories Radio. And we thank you so much. What else can they do, Mikey? They can tweet us. They can tweet us <laughs> on the Twitter. And uh, and and if you'd like to be a guest on the show, once again, that was God Stories Radio, Tina at gmail.com. She does all the booking. Right. And they can write us too. They can write us. Write
2: the story, you know, a, a testimony or a story. We've written, we've read a couple of uh, stories, God stories that were amazing. And I want to
1: apologize to everybody on Mixler tonight. There appears to be a a problem with the audio. And if you couldn't hear Ken well, uh, I really apologize. And uh, we'll be posting it right on. It'll be on Facebook right after we finish just about. So you'll be able to go back and hear. I don't know what the the problem was tonight, but I apologize for that.
0: Plus, it's uploaded to our website as well. It's on Spotify, (laughs)
1: iHeartRadio, iTunes, Facebook. And there's so many ways you can listen to us it's just a blessing to be on so many platforms, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, to be a blessing to others. So
4: you will do greater things.
1: Got that right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good to have you, Ray. Ray.
4: Yes, right. I love being here.
1: I know you do. We love you being here. <laughs> you <laughs> just fit right in, man. You're a natural.
4: You know, my wife nailed it when she walked in here and she said, "This is this is your war room." I mean, every time I walk in this place, man, I get goosebumps. <laughs> it's just like it's so cool to be in this room
2: yeah, when there're
4: the two or more
3: gathered today. together.
2: Yeah.
4: I'm glad I, I was here.
3: You. Yeah, I'm really glad you came.
4: Yeah, there's there was definitely pieces for me to hear, without a doubt. This he texted me earlier, he's like, Hey man, can you come? I said, Yup.
3: <laughs> he's like I was kind of hoping that storm would hit. Yeah. He's like, he's like,
4: I'm not looking forward to it. This is hard. I said, I know, brother, but somebody's gotta hear it. There's somebody there needs to yeah, hear it.
1: You got that right. And uh speaking of Loving and appreciating your kids. I'm so glad to have Catherine in the studio with us tonight from Portland, Oregon, my daughter, and uh, just love having her here. And uh, it's uh, been wonderful. So, well, that about wraps it up. Session 232. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike.
0: And I'm Tina.
1: God bless you. God bless.
0: God bless.